When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And uh, I have a long-awaited interview. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Sure, no cap. My man C. Blue is in the building. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. We outside. Yeah, we out here in California. Is this like the first time you've been here in a long time? Because we've been talking about doing this for like at least six months, right? Yeah, this is the first time I've been in Cali for about a year now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how are you feeling? Um, Just been here for a little bit of business. Um, It's pretty cool. Kind of was looking like New York. It's really cold out here right now. It's cold? It's hot as out there right now. Nah. I mean, when I woke up at like 8 in the morning, it was a little cool, but... Nah, it's like 60. That's hot to you guys? Is it it's 60 right now? It's, it's the middle of July. I feel like <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hot. Yeah, that's bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, it kind of feels like New York. New York has like a different type of heat that is like really oppressive and horrible. Uh-huh. It's like just so humid out there. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. It's the f-ing worst. But out here, I mean, I feel like it's all right, uh... This is decently hot. I don't know. But uh, what kind of business are you doing out here? Um, I just did a 1v1 with uh, Flight Reacts. Okay. Yeah. And then this. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, so okay. A little two-day trip. But because you moved, right? You moved to yeah. Texas? Yeah, I have a crib in Texas. What made you want to do that? Honestly, uh, just different scenery. Um, I heard there was a lot of content creators out there do different business with. Yeah. That's you stay in Austin or where? No, I stay in um, Houston. Okay. How's that going? really hot it's stupid hot down there yeah, too as long as we're really just complaining hot. about how everywhere's hot yeah <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's really hot um i've been i haven't really settled down for like a month and sat down there yet i've really been just running around i'd be all over so like i haven't really experienced too much of houston yet okay but i want to yeah all right want to. Well, let's get more into the texas thing but i want to talk about your your come up so where mm-hmm. were you born and let's talk about your your early life uh, i was born in the bronx right um went to school in the Bronx, about like the area, Riverdale area. Okay. Went to uh, Intech Academy for like middle school. Um, school, I definitely like school. School was one thing that I like excelled in. Cause I'm gonna be honest, you do seem a lot smarter than the average drill rapper. Yeah, um, I get that a lot. I appreciate that. I get that a lot. But like, yeah, um, coming up, I, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed school a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to. Well, I still do. I like biochemistry a lot. Right. And what is biochemistry? Just uh, it's little like has to do with plants, pharmaceutical companies, medicine, things like that. And you were doing well with that in school. You... Yeah. So um, science was like my favorite subject. So anything that had to do with science, I would try my best in. Go okay. extra hard. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And so, how would you describe like the environment you were growing up in? Like, did you have like a good family unit going on? Or? Yeah, family unit was was pretty solid. Um, mom did what she had to do. I always stayed in the nicest clothes. Uh, I wouldn't say silver spoon, but um, she definitely did what she had to do to make us, you know, enjoy our childhood. Um, my pops was around. I have uh, five siblings, six of us total. Okay. Were your parents, uh, like, what would they do career-wise? Uh, my mom works with law firms. Okay. Uh, my pops, you know, regular guy, does his ones and twos. And construction. Are they, like, yeah. first generation or anything? Are you... Child of immigrants or no? Uh, no, uh, we're all African American, but we all from here. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Okay, interesting. Um, all right, and so were you getting trouble at a young age, or did that like start at a certain point? Or um, I would say I got into little trouble, but like my pops tried to nip it in the butt as much as as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But like honestly, yeah, trouble was like something that came to me. I feel like I feel like I didn't look for it, but it just. I was like a class clown, so you know those type of people are always in trouble. So you're getting in trouble like that, like in school and yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Cause um, yeah, th- I mean, you got picked up for uh, with a gun at 14, right? Yeah, I did. Um, so that to me tells me that you were getting in trouble beyond just like talking in class or whatever. Well, um, it wasn't really like you know it was a misdemeanor. You know, um, unloaded weapon it was a prop for a video. Oh um, really? Yeah, it was like you know. I was outside doing a music video shoot. Oh, but so it was a real gun. It just didn't have any bullets in it, and you were using it for a video? Yeah, I don't even know if the gun was real, to be honest. Okay. You just yeah. got it from the homie real quick or something? Yeah, for me, like, scene. I bet your hair is Oh, so, in, so you in were in already in the music at yeah, this point? Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I got arrested actually doing my first music video. No, my second music video. Mm. Yeah, I was at a big video shoot. I had everybody outside, and we were getting active, and boys pulled up. But, you know. Because a lot of times when I'm watching drill music videos filmed in New York, I'm wondering, like, how long were they able to be dancing around on this corner before the cops pulled up? And especially when they're pulling out guns and stuff, I'm like, it feels like the New York I know, the cops yeah. are popping up at some point very soon. There's so many cops in New York. Yeah, um, honestly, I feel like I feel like the cops don't, like, they do their job, but they don't really do their job. Like. Mm. They they pick and choose when they want to really do their job. To be honest, really, yeah. In the Bronx, is it so wild that the cops kind of have to give up at a certain point? And they just shit is just out of control. Personally, I really don't know. I feel like, I feel like they do what they want to do. Like if they want to help, they're gonna help. If they don't want to, they don't want to. Mm. You feel me? Like you know, I I'm I'm myself am a target like from the police. So I don't really you know. Well, now you're a big target, but we can get into all that for sure. But, uh, uh, okay, so how do you kind of, like, do the transition from, like, being a regular kid, being mm-hmm. in school and shit, to then all of a sudden you're a drill rapper and you're kind of doing all this? Like, was there anything in particular that happened, or, like, how did that transition kind of take place? Honestly, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Um, I always, like, used to be in um, the lunchroom, like, doing little table beats and stuff with the pencil, uh, me and my friends used to do little freestyles, and that's really, like, how I started, like, the music stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when I really was like, I bet this is what I'm going to do, um, I shot my first music video, and then I still I still didn't really have that much faith in myself because it was like my my numbers weren't there yet. So after that video, I ended up getting arrested. So my mom was like, "All right, um, arrested for what? For the for the um the gun when I was oh 14. that situation okay, yeah, yeah." So my mom was like, "Oh, I don't know if you should really do this. Like, mm-hmm. you're already getting into trouble, and you didn't even like really get anywhere yet. So I don't know if you should do this." But um, I kind of like just stepped stuck to it, and me and my friends we just like kept rapping, doing what we had to do. And um, K. Flock got released from jail. Right, because I'm watching some old ass video. What's it called? Trisha. Trishi. With, with Trishi, with you yeah. and K. Flock, 
And it's crazy because you both look like little boys in that shit. Yeah, like so K Flock's was- swag was not fully in place yet. Like his dance, <laughs> like his voice was cool, but like his dancing and shit, like he didn't really like look right in front of the camera yeah. just yet, which is kind of crazy just knowing like where his career went yeah. after that. So that was like real young. Yeah, that like, was so like a lot of people try to say, like, a lot of people dick ride and say different things about like how we all came up rapping. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you know, you know, we all kind of really started around the same time. Mm. And, like, the collabs and stuff, other songs didn't do as good as other songs. Right. But, like, we would, there are definitely songs out there. Like you said, there's that song, you know, there's different songs that are out there in the cut that a lot of people don't know about. But, yeah, after I did that song with him, that's when I really started taking it more serious. Were you looking at other Bronx drill rappers or were you looking at, like, some shit going on in Brooklyn or Chicago? Or what were you what were you kind of inspired by? Um, like I said, um, honestly, I wasn't really inspired by anybody doing drill music, but music in general, I take my inspiration from Lil Pump. Mm. You feel me? That's who, that's who made me like, all right, music is, is, is it. So I'm assuming you, uh, watched a lot of No Jumper vlogs with Lil Pump back in the day? Um, there was a period of time where that was the only thing that anybody would say to me. They'd be like, that's Lil Pump's friend. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I've seen a couple of them. Like, I even went and, like, bought a pink bape hoodie when he, like, did, uh, I think that was Gucci Gang. Mm. Yeah, I think that was Gucci Gang he dropped with the pink bape hoodie. But so you were mad young because he came out in, what, 2017, 2016? Yeah. So you you were pretty young then yeah. being real influenced yeah, by him? like 11, okay. 12, yeah. Yeah. And I know because I remember being around uh, Rico Reckless and his kid, and his kid was probably eight and he was just sitting there during his interview watching Lil Pump and Maddox, who uh-huh. was just here. And yeah, fucking... yeah, I seen him. I actually <laughs> thought that was Baby Tron <laughs> when he walked out. I was like, oh, shit. Nah, they're just two motherfuckers with crazy hair. Yeah, I, I should have said bye to Maddox. I didn't get to say bye to him. But uh, so I know that like when you're at that young stage and you have like a rapper that you're fucking with and they look young and they kind of remind you of yourself mm-hmm. and shit, that shit could be super influential to a kid. Yeah, yeah. So like when I met Lil Pump, it, it was like random as fuck. I met him at like an arcade, mm. and my man was like, "Yo, that's Lil Pump." I'm like, "You capping?" I'm like, "That's not Lil Pump." So I walked over there. I'm like, "Oh shit, that's really Lil Pump." And it was like, I kind of got starstruck. So I kind of experienced what uh, what other people experience when they see me. Mm. So it kind of was like, "Oh shit, this is the guy I look up to." Like, this is the person I started rapping for. But he was a really chill person, you know. Right. He said he knew who I was. Um, and shit like that. He's he's actually in one of my music videos. That right, I yeah, I've seen dropped. that. Where where was uh where did you see him though? In New York? No, in Miami. Miami, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. All right. So was was that influencing you to want to do drugs at that time too? Because that was nah, kind of his nah. big thing. Nah, I, I I didn't take that that part of him him um like I didn't I didn't follow up on that because I kind of start I started smoking weed around twelve, but like. I wasn't able to access no lean or mm. pills and shit. I wasn't doing that at 12 years old. I still don't really do um, pills and lean like that. You know, I smoke a blunt here and there. I remember when I was interviewing OGZ or Shoreline Mafia for the first time, and mm. I said, how do you feel about your music influencing kids to want to go get some lean? And he was like, good luck. <laughs> like, basically, like, go try to get some lean. It's not yeah, easy it's not to gonna, get it, yeah. and you can't afford it yeah. for the average person. So he didn't really, that was his reason he didn't yeah. feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, okay, so that got you excited about making music, but then, you, you know, you also, like, Pump wasn't making drill music. Was there anybody yeah. that you were looking at that so had that sound? So I would say, um, I would say Chicago artists. Mm. Like, uh, G Herbo, um, Rondo Number 9, P. 
people of that sort, like when they were coming up, I was listening to them. Like um, one of my favorite songs going to school used to be Kill Shit. Mm. I used to listen to that song like almost every day on my way to school. Classic. Yeah. Definitely. And so, okay, you you join a gang or you start rapping? Which one came first? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a gang member. Mm. Um, how do I put this? We're community revolution in progress. Ah, yes. Because the specific gang that I saw on YouTube, people claiming that you were a part of, when earlier there were some guys with me, and they're technically from the L.A. version of that, mm -hmm. but I wasn't going to be like, hey, he's from New York, and he, he – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to say that, but uh -huh. it was like kind of like a weird coincidence, but yeah. I kept it to myself. Okay. <laughs> nah, yeah, Um, I think – I think it all happened around the same time, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I think it all happened around the same time. And how how did you even get introduced to that, though? Just the area. Yeah. The area I lived in. Did it feel like it was like a survival mechanism? Like you were going to be kind of in danger if you didn't click up? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think it was much of that. You know, it's like personal, personal reasons and shit like that. But mm -hmm. it wasn't really like, I wasn't, wasn't forced or anything like that, but, um, I want, like I said, you know, I'm not a gang banger. Um, I, I chill with people, that, mm. you know, but um, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So, the, how long did it take for the music to start really gaining some traction? Because, like that, the Bronx drill world is like a world where it's kind of shocking how people can go from like nothing to getting a million views on their videos in like a yeah. pretty short period of time. So honestly, I would say, um, I would say after after Trishi. Um, it probably took like maybe two more songs mm. for me to start getting the recognition and F flock was going up. So like my whole area was like on, was, was buzzing the whole mm. area, the whole, like the whole one Oh four, five, seven was like, that's my area code. Mm -hmm. the, that whole area was just like, you know, going up. So it was like, con be consistent and then you'll make it. Mm. And so that's what I just tried to do. Like, you know, I started dropping the songs with set the trend. That my first, the first song that I had to touch a million views was that song, um, No Ozone, Part One. Right. And then after that, it just went up from there. Right. Okay. And No Ozone, that's like a, a gang disc that we don't need to dive into. Um. Yeah, I guess you could say that. There's some O's that you don't get along with. Yeah. I understand yeah, it. yeah. 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 <laughs> See, I've been, I've done enough Bronx drill interviews that I can actually just look at the song title and be like, okay, I get it. I know what that means. Feel a little bit accomplished. Yes. There's something about it though. People just love seeing young kids in New York just going crazy on their ops. Yeah, I feel like that's what gets a lot of people attraction. Well, mm. right now I would say those like the freestyles are getting a lot of people views. Mm. I feel like that's what's making the like the next people who are coming up. I feel like that's the way their way of um, getting their platform out there. So you feel like going and tapping in with on the radar is blowing people the fuck up? Because yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like Forty One got like a song with twenty million views on the on the radar yeah, platform. Like, uh -huh. like I think that's way more than any of their other videos. Yeah, like so on the radar, you could say like KJ shot it, um, shot by OA. Those are all like platforms that people like are going on yeah. to to get attraction. Like when I was when I first started rapping, it was like. 
Raps and Hustles, Flowtastic TV. Mm-hmm. So those YouTube channels were like helping people push forward. It's, it's just crazy to see the way that the New York underground media world has fucking evolved so much. Yeah, they're um, please don't lack might be the next shade room. Yeah. <laughs> Talk of the Town. Yeah. Another yeah. one that I've watched a few of mm-hmm. recently. Now, because I remember back when 6ix9ine popped off, not to mention him or anything, but like he wanted a No Jumper interview so bad. And it's mm-hmm. funny because when I think about it now, it would not be like as much of a thing where he was pressed to do a No Jumper interview because he would be able to go do an interview with all these different places mm-hmm. from New York. From yeah. New York. But in 2017, it wasn't really like yeah, that. There was way less well, options. You know, you were yeah. either on some radio shit, some yeah, corporate like 107, shit. Yeah, yeah, Hot 97, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was the only real like podcast, sit down, freestyle, or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, how does your life change as you start blowing up as a local drill rapper? Uh. So I would say in high school, so it's like ninth grade, um, ninth grade year, I'm going to school, I'm driving a BMW. I'm the only kid, only kid in the school, like, you know, pulling up. I had a chain at the time. So it was like, I went from like, I didn't really experience that much of high school because of COVID. Mm. So it was like, I did my ninth grade year in the middle of ninth grade is when like everybody started, oh, you're C Blue, you're C Blue, ah, uh, ah, uh, singing my lyrics and shit like that. But it got to a point where it was like, I don't know who like is cool with me or I don't know who has a problem with me. I don't know who wants to help the people who have problems with me because I'm in this public place. It's easy access. So I started to like go to school less, but like not because I was uninterested in school, but for safety precautions, other people's safety, I feel like I was. I felt like me personally, I was a distraction in the classroom, just because everybody was focused on me and not the teacher. I can imagine that's got to be super weird, especially when, like, <laughs> I think it was a troll, but I seen like Lil Mabu had like parents complaining to his private school about him going to that school because they're thinking even though he's a white boy and he realistically is not super involved with this gang shit, mm-hmm. the fact that he's dis people's who this dead people or alive mm-hmm. people that could bring attention to, to the, the school. school. And at a certain point, like you don't know if somebody's going to be just lurking outside yep. the school and go to shoot you and yeah. shoot some fucking innocent girl in the head. Yeah. That shit could totally happen. So yeah. you could understand why that would be, For sure. you know, a big deal at a certain yeah. point. Right. Yeah. That's definitely like how it is. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, okay. People are shooting at schools. People don't care. People just hang out outside the school and wait yeah. till their op walks out yeah, and then just care. do it. They don't give a fuck. New York's crazy, bro. <laughs> they don't care. And for a state that's that guns aren't legal, it's 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 crazy. I mean, how easy is it for the average kid in the Bronx to get a gun if they really want one? It's whatever, right? It's like walking in a gun store. Cause you could drive down south a little bit, drive down to I don't know where the gun law is super loose by like Virginia or Atlanta or whatever. You could fill your trunk up, you could put a hundred fucking Glocks in your trunk. <laughs> And then you drive back up to New York, and all of a sudden you can sell them for what, like two times as much, three times as much as they cost you down there. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell anybody to go do that. But right, but it's yeah, what's going to stop you? The yeah. only thing that's going to stop you is the, the risk of getting pulled over and having them look in your trunk, which yep. is a big risk. Yeah. But I mean, it's I, like fuck it. I could get this to the block. Yeah. Yeah, I've driven in back and forth to New York a million fucking times. How many times did I get pulled over? A couple. How many times did they search my trunk? Zero. Yeah. You know. And not to mention the same logic with fucking drugs and menthol cigarettes and everything, bro. Um, Okay. Okay. But so, so what you, you took yourself out of the school and put yourself in private school or what? So, um, I started getting homeschooled. Hmm. 
but I didn't really. Ha- so, so what happened was, um, my ninth grade year, I did. I think I did a little bit of tenth grade, and then COVID hit. Mm. So COVID hit. I was strictly. We were strictly online. So we were online, and then um, when we went back into school, I started doing the homeschooling. So mm-hmm. when I did the homeschooling, I did it a little bit, you know, and things like that. Interesting. Okay. So, you know, you're you're doing your thing. You're getting, what, like hundreds of thousands of views. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I feel like your name became, like, so much bigger. And people like me who maybe weren't 100% tuned in, we see the headline, up-and-coming drill rapper, Sea uh, Blue, shoots a cop mm-hmm. i mean that must have really changed your life to have that be the headline going around everywhere because it makes you sound like you're a fucking demon mm-hmm. even though once you once we actually heard the details of the story it's like okay this sounds like it was a an accident mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like you just went and tried yeah. to do that right so um i definitely received a lot of backlash um my, my mother received a lot of backlash um I feel like I'm still targeted to this day from what happened. But the real story is I was shot by the police. You feel me? A lot of people troll, say I I shot myself. No, it's not what happened. The police shot me. So you're standing outside the bodega just hanging out? Yeah, like... And the what? A cop approaches you because he's looking at you and he thinks that you have a gun on you based on the way you're standing or whatever? It wasn't even like that. I was uh, walking to my vehicle, you know... Um, regular shit, going to my car. I was approached. I stopped. I asked the officer, like, you know, what's the issue? Why do you want to talk to me? Why am I being stopped? He didn't answer my questions. He just proceeded to to put his hands on my body, and um, he ended up um, firing a weapon that ended up hitting me. And in close proximity? Like, yeah. why would he do that? He felt like his life was in danger at that moment? So, or? so like, um... I personally don't know. Like, he went to grab, and a, a shot got fired. I got hit in my leg, and his partner got grazed. Mm. I was taken to the hospital. Um, I was tried as an adult, but um, the case got dropped because of, you know. What, lack of evidence? Nah, not even that. Um, they did their job wrong. They weren't doing their job. What, so he approached you without enough of a reason? or? Yeah, basically, like, you know. Um, I basically was like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You could say targeted for being a drill rapper. Uh-huh. And things went south when if they didn't target me for no apparent reason, nothing would have happened. I would have never been shot. His partner would have never been shot. There would be no headline C Blue. Did but did they C-Blue. find a gun on you? Um, Not on me, no. Nearby? They found, yeah, they found the gun nearby, yes. What, like did. in the bushes or some shit? Or was it with nah, a friend like, of yours? No, no, no. It was like on the floor. Mm. They found the gun on the floor, but... I feel like you have really good lawyers because when I hear this story, it's like, oh, they didn't have probable cause to search you outside the bodega. I'm sorry. I've known a million people that the cops walked up to them basically out of the middle of nowhere and found a gun or found drugs or found whatever, and they get charged for it. And it's like it doesn't matter that they didn't have probable cause because the cops can always make up some probable cause. Oh, we smelled weed in the air or I saw him reaching for something in his pants um, or whatever. 
there was there was camera footage, body uh-huh. cam footage, all of that played in my favor. Really? And they thought it wouldn't, but um I don't have nothing against the the police, you know, I I appreciate the things they do that are good. But um, I feel that they definitely do target drill artists a little bit more than the average guy because of the things we say in our music. Mm. But not everyone who says something lives by that those codes and walks around doing those things. But um, because so like music is art, so everyone is saying these things to reach a different audience, and I personally feel like everyone drill raps, but just not on a drill rapping beat. If you think about it, we talk about the same things somebody from Atlanta talks about, but they're just not name dropping. Mm -hmm. Same thing in LA. There's not a lot of names being said, even though they are oftentimes basically saying a lot of the same shit. Yeah. I feel like it's it's just different types of drill, Mm. but I feel like in New York, we're definitely targeted a little bit more because of, I guess, the crime. But I definitely feel like. Not everybody's not everybody's a bad person. Mm. So like us being targeted, not being able to perform because we're supposedly bad people, it kind of fucks everything up because it's like, all right, if I'm trying to make it out and shows are the way I'm getting out and you guys are stopping our shows because we talk about somebody who died last week. Mm. You're one, you're stopping our money. You're stopping a lot of things that can help us later down and get us out of these situations and try to stop the cycle, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like— But I'm not going to lie. If I'm a cop and I'm patrolling the Bronx and I see—just to use as an example, I see use G's or shot G's who are just, you know, two people that I interviewed that I was just like, oh, my God, I cannot fucking believe how violent this music is. Mm -hmm. If I see them hanging out outside the bodega— does my mind go to, okay, it makes more sense to search him because I know for a fact that he just put a new music video out where he's smoking on 10 different people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to me? Yes. Now, obviously, the cops got to play by the rules, and if you're going to search somebody, you probably need some probable cause. But yeah. I also can't really blame the cops for having more interest in drill rappers just the same way that the cops probably would have more interest in like somebody who they knew was in the mafia. Okay. You know. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I kind of feel like I kind of feel like it's a little it's a little bias cuz it's like I might have a I might have a white guy with me holding the gun. Yeah. But you're not going to search him why? Cuz he one he's his his color. Since when do white guys are acting as the gun holder? I've never even heard of that. That's a good idea. For sure that's a good idea. But it's like, you know, it's like it's 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 just like I don't know. I feel like I feel like a lot of things are done to try to stop us from hmm. being better. Yeah, but even before Drill came out and Drill was so over the top, you could go have this conversation with, like, the diplomats. You mm-hmm. could have this conversation with 50 Cent. The hip-hop police in New York, totally different level, and it's always been like that, even though when you look back at 50 and Cameron and all that shit, their whole rise was pretty peaceful in comparison, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't, t- like, really beefing in the music that much. If they were beefing with somebody, it's like they're beefing with other famous rappers. But the drill shit took it to a whole different level. And like New York just has like a way bigger police budget than anywhere else in the country. And like, you know, it's like I I heard Axe say this a long time ago. New York is just not going to let drill go crazy like in the way that Chicago did. Because Mm -hmm. this is New York City. This is like the center for the media, all the TV stations Uh and and theater and and tourism. They have such an incentive to keep 
the people feeling safe and to not let the the culture go crazy. So mm-hmm. I could see why there's an additional layer of uh, you know scrutiny. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally understand. But that. so you got shot in that whole encounter or no? Yeah, I did. And I was shot in my leg. In the leg, but people think that you got shot in the dick. Yeah, so um, a lot of people don't know what the groin is. Groin. Yeah. Well, groin to me is like the whole dick balls area, right? Yeah. So like, I was shot like towards my hip, I would say, like you know, close to my close to my area, but I wasn't shot in my dick. Okay. <laughs> I have every. Did piece it just of pass it. right through like the fat in your leg? Yeah, or like it, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it went through my leg right here and came out came out of my thigh. So it wasn't that bad. Nah, it was a through and through. Uh, doctor claimed, you know, all of one 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 inch to the left, one inch to the right. You could have been. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, that has to have changed everything because especially once you beat that case, I know the level of scrutiny that you were getting from the cops was so much higher. Yeah, definitely was. But I feel like they left me alone for a little period of time only because they, like, got shitted on, they feel like. Mm. But I feel like they should have just played by the rules. Yeah. And nothing, none, none of this would have happened. But um, I definitely think that that whole situation affected me in a negative way too, mm. like music-wise, because I feel like a lot of people don't want to do business with me because they think I'm this like person who shoots police. Mm. That's a lot to live up to. Yeah, it's like, like you know everything else that goes on in your career, drama-wise. After that, is probably not going to seem as big a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's it's really hard to like you know do my do do my work because of that. So it's like, you know, that's what everybody sees before they even get to sit down and talk to me or see who I really am. They see, oh, cop shooter. Especially because there was that crazy ass photo. Yeah. And that that was illegally (laughs) taken. Like, really? That's that's a screenshot from a video that the officer took. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, but at the same time, it's got to be kind of tempting for you to sort of like flex it and, and make jokes about it or, or acknowledge it in the music and everything too, right? Yeah, um, like my first song, when I got released, I, I mentioned it. I don't really mention it too much because I don't really want to make it seem like a competition with the police. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to like, you feel me? Yeah. You don't want to get on, like I'm already on their bad side. You don't want to get like, but um, like, yeah, I definitely embrace the hate. Everyone, Cheddar Bob, Cheddar Blue. I'd be like, yeah, I like money. Cheddar Bob. So. <laughs> nah, because, I mean, even, like, the little TJ situation, like, he got shot in Jersey and almost died. And then you you hear about him catching, like, three separate gun cases mm-hmm. in the Bronx or whatever. And it's just like, well, nobody normally gets searched that much. Like, mm-hmm. they must be going out of their way to be on his ass and search yeah. him because of the— And he, it's not like he did anything to the cops. He actually, like, almost lost his life. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like the cops at a certain point, you just get on their radar and they want you, so they just go out of their way to target you, right? Yeah. That's especially what I feel York. like it is, especially when you come back to your area. Mm. You know, when you come back to your hood, show love, try to show love. Um, they try to do anything to, like, set you out to be this bad person. Even if you are coming to, like, oh, I'm coming to do a donation. They mm. don't know that. They're assuming you're coming to be this kingpin, guns dealer, drug dealer, like, you know, mm. because of... And he doesn't even talk about things like that in his music, really. Right. He, yeah, he, he's, like... Makes doesn't really make drill music per yeah, se, right? Yeah, yeah, he's like he's mainstream. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. That's why it is kind of crazy to see him having that level of attention. Yeah, but okay. So one one thing I always find kind of crazy about the Bronx is that 
you will see videos like almost every week of different Bronx drill rappers getting into it in the street and mm-hmm. yelling at each other or fighting or, or whatever or going to each other's projects and just talking shit on Instagram live. Obviously, K Flock was the fucking king of that <laughs> at a certain point. But like, it, and it's wild too because it's like a lot of these situations that you see, if it was in Chicago, it feels like there's no way that people would just be fighting. But like, people are scared to run around with guns in New York to a certain extent. So people mm-hmm. are more likely to see each other without a gun. So it's more likely that it could turn into like a fight mm-hmm. or whatever. But at a certain point, did you kind of have to stop moving around recklessly and just start being in the crib and not just being outside like that? Yeah, for the greater good, you know, um, I don't want to be in jail. That's not some place I want to be. So it's like, I'm going to take the right steps and move on the right path so I don't end up in jail. Mm-hmm. But um, like being in the crib, it's like, it's nothing wrong with being in the crib. Like niggas be trying to be like, trying to make jokes that I be in the house. I make, I make money from a house. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stop my money for me to what? Prove to you that I can be outside? Mm. I don't have to post that I'm outside for you to know that I've been outside. Because New York's weird because it's such a culture of being outside. Like, yeah, it's li- like it's a like- lot of people just literally want to stand outside the pizza spot or hang out on the corner. L.A. is different than that. Like, if you mm-hmm. get money in L.A., you are gone. You're up around here. Mm-hmm. You get a crib. You stay in the crib. Nobody expects you to be going places unless maybe you go to the club or some shit. Yeah. But that's, like, a different environment. You're not around, like, total low-level people. Mm-hmm. Whereas in New York, it's like, nah, it's 11 p.m. on a Friday night. Like, that's one of the main things that people are doing is they're yeah. kicking it on the street. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know. People find being in the house like your pussy. Yeah. I, I don't find it that way. Like unless you're hiding from somebody, but if you're just in the house making your money, doing what you gotta do, I don't find it I don't find no problem with that. There's been times where I've been interviewing people and they're talking about just being outside, standing outside the liquor store. And I'm just like, dude, like yeah, I'm, I times- could not imagine wanting to put myself in that much danger on a consistent basis. See, you know? yeah, there was times where like when I was first coming up, I used to be outside till four in the morning, five mm-hmm. in the morning. But it's like you have to realize when you have to be at that certain level. You have to act like a celebrity if you want to be a celebrity. Mm. You feel me? You have to move the right way. And if you make yourself accessible, you're gonna be you're gonna be the next person to God forbid get shot, get arrested because you're accessible. People can reach you. But if you're in your house, put away, going outside when you need to go outside, studio, I video shoot, I maybe once or twice I'm on the block with the gang. But even that, like, I I could chill with the gang, but let's go do something, bro. Let's go, let's go out to eat. Let's go bowling. Let's go, you feel me? Let's go have some fun. Mm. Like, we don't have to be on the block for people to be like, yo, I'm outside. Like, it's it, there's so many things to do in New York that you won't even know mm-hmm. because you want to chill on the block. A lot of people don't even, a lot of people, a lot of drill artists haven't even left the Bronx. Like, I had an argument with a drill artist and he told me I left the country. Mm. He told me he left the country. I said, where did you go? He said, I went to L.A. <laughs> I said, bro, are you serious? Right. Like, shit like that just makes me look at people like, is I cannot, I cannot argue with someone like this. Like, you're dead ass. You went to LA. That's out the country, bro. Well, when I lived in Brooklyn, I would know people who had never been to Queens. Yeah, that's insane. That's to me. like the wildest thing. Now, mostly people who live like deeper into Brooklyn, where it would be like a little further away. But I remember hearing kids from Brooklyn be like. Yeah, like if if it wasn't because I was on the bike ride and shit, they'd be like, if if it wasn't for this bike ride and shit, I never would have been to Manhattan. Yeah, like, I'm looking what at them like, what the fuck? Are <laughs> yeah, you that's, it's right that's there. Just dumb. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's dumb. Yeah, I don't know. But they really like get stuck in their own little bubble, and it's like 
to a certain extent, I think that they see it as like dangerous or risky to like, you know, kind of go different places because mm -hmm. they're just so used to staying in one place where they feel like they know what the risks are going to be. I don't know. I feel like everybody is just tr tries to become a product of their environment, even though they don't have to be. Mm, definitely. Yeah. It's like a small minded mentality. A lot of the people that I end up talking to who are successful are people who at some point in their upbringing either left the country or, you know, a lot of a lot of military kids where their parents were moving all over the place so they get to see a lot of different environments when they're young and that kind of lets them know how big the possibilities are in the world. Whereas a lot of people who just grow up on their block and they never see anything, it's like impossible for them to think outside of yeah. that box. Yeah, like niggas niggas say because I moved to a different state, oh you ran from you ran from the beef. Mm. Oh you're ducking a Rico. Bro, I'm just living life, bro. Yeah. I'm 18 years old. I own my own house. Like, who? Like, a lot of people can't say they they they've done anything with their money since they've gotten signed. And I'm independent now, so mm. I like I feel like I keep up to anybody who's signed. Really, like, you feel me? It's like you 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 got all this money, but you don't got shit to show for it. Mm. I've had what three cars since I was 16 years old. Like, it's it, you feel me? It's like. I feel like I'm on a I'm a different caliber than a lot of people, you feel me? Than a mm. lot of people from New York that are drill artists because like everyone has a small mind and I feel like like little shit like this. I'm a well, people consider me a streamer now. Shit like that. That just showed like why wouldn't you not want to make another another source of income? Like another way to connect with your fans, fan another way to It's yeah. literally free. Like I play games all day anyway. Mm -hmm. Why not make money doing it? Right. You feel me? Like, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. But I think a lot of people look at it as like, if you're going to be a rapper, you're supposed to be pushing this image of yourself as being kind of scary and mysterious. And that when you're streaming and you're sitting there for four hours on stream, it's like you're, you're kind of taking away the ability for people to think of you as this like demon where that, that's a lot of people in their music. That's really like what they're trying to represent. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But I feel like um, nobody really knows if you really live what you rap, mm -hmm. un unless they see it, unless you're literally out there showing what you do in your music, then nobody really knows what you really do. Mm -hmm. Like nobody really knows it's true unless you're getting arrested for the things you say in your songs or shit like that. But right. if you're not, anybody could say, yo, you don't really do that. Mm -hmm. Yo, you're a pussy. You feel me? It's like. So wait, after that, Incident with the cop, though, you got picked up on, like, two other gun charges after that? Nah, nah, nah. One. One. Yeah, it was one. <laughs> <We> just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it was one. It was one. It was one. It was oh, it was one. one. But then there was another situation where they, like, found you in a car and there was a gun in the car, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the situation. Oh, that was the situation. Yeah, the situation. Okay. Yeah. And was that an instance of you, like, feeling like you had to move around like that? Or, or what, what was that? Um, I'm going to just say this. Um. Um, I would say, I don't know, like, I don't have to move anyway. Like, you know, you choose to do whatever you do, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, for the most part, like, yeah, I got to be smarter, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not admitting that anything was mine. So it's like, um, if that's around, that's around. You feel mm -hmm. me? I have to have some type of, I have to feel safe some type of way. Mm -hmm. And if that's how I feel safe, then that's how I'm going to feel safe. But it's like, 
there's different ways to go about being safe, like being inside, not being everywhere, not being accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wasn't accessible, I wouldn't have been arrested. Right. You feel me? If I was doing the things that I was supposed to be doing, I wouldn't have been in that situation. Definitely. Okay, so when did you sign to Interscope, and what was that experience like? Because I know that you've recently left that deal and became independent. So um, I signed to Interscope, I would say, maybe 2021. Okay. Yeah. Pretty early on in terms of your music and everything? Yeah, 2021, I signed to Interscope. I came to L.A. Um, I came to L.A., met met some pretty nice people. Met OGs yeah, his, on his tour. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, like, it was it was a pretty good experience. Um, I feel like I'm I made the choice of signing a little too fast, mm. just because of the money that was on the table. But um, I feel like if I would have waited a little bit longer and and met a couple more people and like listened to like my manager at the time and things like that, well, it's still my manager, but like my manager. If I would have listened and done a little bit of things different, I wouldn't um, even be like, I would I would be way farther, I feel like. Because it always is weird when someone, like a drill rapper signs, and like, you know, I know people that are A&Rs out here and stuff, and sometimes they'll be signing an artist, and it's like some, like, some of the drill stuff, it's like, I get why it's popular, I understand the fan base, I just don't understand how a label is going to necessarily make that artist bigger. Mm -hmm. because it is something where it seems like most of the people listening to it really care about the drama and the tension of who has problems with who mm -hmm. and shit like that. And now sometimes you do end up with a rapper who, you know, clearly has like a bigger appeal. But like, I mean, I mean, from your case, what, what did the label really seem like they were able to do for you? Or did it feel like they just kind of signed you and didn't really do anything? <sighs> I can't really say. You don't want to diss the label, but. Yeah, um, I don't feel like they were bad, you know. I feel like um, more help is definitely better. It definitely was a benefit of being signed. Mm -hmm. Not just the money, but, like, having a team behind you and think people who can help you get to the next level, people who, like, they have the plan. They know how to make people superstars. Mm -hmm. So why not get that, that um, kind of help? Mm -hmm. You feel me? That's why I feel like I signed. Cause it's like I, I'm a drill artist. I know that drill might not take me all the way up. So I know that this label might be able to help me because I look on who they've had in the past, mm. who they've made blow up, things like that. So it's like I, right. and you see like the life that they're that they show you on like your little tour of about to go get signed. The life that they show you it, it reels you in because they hype you, you up, right? Yeah, yeah. It hooks you in. Show you a Lambo, five hundred thousand, five hundred dollar dinner, you know, shit like that. It's like, oh shit, this is the life. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I, right, I'll sign. Right. But I feel like everyone, I feel like a lot of people could say can 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 agree with me on this. Um, I feel like a lot of people sign too too fast. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of us. Um, don't wait and really see what the industry is about before they sign. Mm. But it's like sometimes you have to take the opportunity. You can't really wait too long because not opportunities don't always come. They come and go. Mm. So you feel me? It might not be there in five years if you or two years if you wait. So it's like sometimes you have to jump on an opportunity to try to make yourself go to the next level. Right. But so did you feel like ultimately it kind of slowed your career down or did you feel like they helped blow you up? 
Um, I feel like, um, honestly, I feel like they helped me. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say they brought me down. Were they, um, were they upset about the situation with the cop, or was that like? Because I'm thinking from their perspective. On one hand, this is great marketing. So, on the so, other hand, it's kind of dangerous for them to be involved with too much craziness, right? Okay. So me personally, um, I feel like if I was down south, mm. they would have made more of they would have made me a bigger star off of it mm. if I was down south I feel like because if you look at NBA young boy even though he's like blackballed his label like still like I feel like they still helped in some type of way by like I he's this he's this kid he's getting in this trouble let's try to do something to like try to either change him from getting in trouble but like still keep this image. Mm. So I feel like if I was a little bit down south, they would have they would have um capitalized off the situation. I feel like because it's New York and they seen all the people dying and shit like that, they felt like he shot a cop is bad for our business. Mm. Yeah. I mean, even when you think about the Bobby Schmurda thing, it was like the the labels weren't exactly lining up to help him out in that situation, even though he was making them a lot of fucking money at mm-hmm. that moment. Because you know they, the the labels in New York are kind of scared about being really involved with gang shit. Yeah, they'll they'll happily sign the person, but then when shit really starts to yeah, go they, down, yep. they don't really want to have to be the yeah, ones cleaning it, it up. You know, uh-huh. that's what it is. They don't want their um their business to to take a toll because of an artist. I and, feel like. And you were signed to them for how many years? Two years? Nah, um, I did a I did a one tape deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got signed for just one tape. And so was that money that you got from that? Like, I watched like a YouTube video that said that basically that money was why you were able to bail out and everything after the incident with the cop. Um, I would say the advance money helped me, yeah. Mm. But um, I was definitely somebody already who had money, so I feel like I would have got out. But I feel like I bailed out for no reason, to be honest. Why do you say that? Because I feel like if I didn't bail out, I would have had the same outcome still, and I would have been able to just keep my money. Mm. So if you had just sat down for a few months in there, then it yeah. would have been basically the honestly, same? Honestly, like, I bailed out, and I got remanded, like, a week later. And remanded means? So, like, um, basically, like, remanded is, like, they, they tell you turn yourself in or they book you on the spot type shit. Like, another judge ended up saying that I had to turn myself in right. anyway. After I already bailed out. The situation when you bail out is basically like you're avoiding if you're going to have to go to trial and it's mm-hmm. going to take four years, like the yeah. Melly shit or whatever. That yeah, like you don't want to you from s- being inside yeah. for the trial. Yeah. But you kind of got unlucky because they wanted you so bad that they remanded you. Yeah, they remanded me anyway. Okay, that makes sense. So at what point did you and, – and, and were you having the conversation with Interscope about re-signing after uh, the deal came off or was it just kind of over? Um, it was it was just kind of like that's it. That was kind of what I wanted to do. I kind of just wanted to move forward from that from from that situation. Right. What What was it about Texas that made you think about moving there in particular? Not gonna lie, one the cost to live is not super cheap. Yeah, yeah. the cost to live is, is shit. Mm-hmm. That and um, there's a lot of content creators out right out, out there. So like you know. Um, I kind of like started taking the content creation a little more. So how did you get introduced to that? Like when did you first start streaming or making YouTube vlogs and shit? Honestly, probably like last year. 
like after I got arrested, I kind of had to like my mom kind of made me like be in the crib and chill down a little bit. So mm-hmm. like, because uh, I was only I was only sixteen when it happened, so like I was um still living under her roof and stuff like that. So I still had to listen to her rules. Mm-hmm. So it was like, ah, right, you're gonna sh- you're gonna find something that you like to do that you can still make money off of it, still be able to tap in with your fans. And I was like, all right, let me think. I play P5 all day. I knew that you can go live on PlayStation, but I didn't really know about, like, Twitch too much. I didn't really know about streaming too much until, like, one of my mans, he told me, like, yo, um, you could stream on Twitch, blah, blah, blah. So then I started streaming on Twitch, then I ended up, buying a pc mm-hmm. so after i bought the pc that was when i like i started taking it a little more serious after i got the pc and, and, and did you feel like the people were pretty excited about it right away because they maybe weren't used to seeing somebody like you streaming or having that kind of open communication with yeah the fans? i feel like i feel like i'm a i'm a funny person i feel like i have a good sense of humor right so i feel like it fit me so i feel like it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't um unexpected to them mm-hmm. because like I'm always live. I'm always trolling somebody. So I feel like it wasn't kind of really unexpected. I feel like it was unexpected as a drill rapper to go into that lane. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel that it wasn't unexpected that I would I would do something like that. Right. Do you feel more comfortable as a streamer than as a rapper? Because, I mean, the streaming thing is like the real you, uh-huh. basically, right? And then making music... A lot of rappers, I mean, I'm not sure if you would say this, but a lot of rappers... Fabricated. Yeah, they put on like a different persona in order to make rap music. If I were to make a rap song right now, what am I going to be doing? I'm going to be sitting there thinking of a bunch of shit that sounds real hard and cool, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like totally different than sitting there in an interview and on stream where you're trying to be funny or interesting or engaged with the audience. It's just like a totally different ballgame. Yeah, so it's a little different because like I feel like um, with the streaming and stuff like that, you have more chances to going viral. Mm. Because it's such a long period of time that you're just sitting in front of a camera that something can happen that can be clipped Mm. and turned into something different. With music, I feel like you need a little bit more. Like you need like now it's like TikTok, things like that. There's a lot of algorithms that you have to really like be involved in to I feel like get that song that blows up or just have the right people behind you. You know, a lot of people that are helping you, you feel me? Shit like that, different yeah. features and shit like that. Well, a lot of drill music, realistically, it's it's not really like viral because it's kind of like very very similar mm-hmm. each song. And like at a certain point, if you go too far outside the box, then it doesn't really sound like the type of music that you're intending that want, to make. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like also it's like um, with the drill music, I feel like nobody we don't do hooks. Mm, that's true hooks. too. Yeah, it's hard to be viral when you don't have like that catchy mm-hmm. part of it. Yeah, so, like, a lot of our songs don't have hooks. So, but if you look at, like, Pop Smoke songs, like, mm-hmm. his songs are drill songs, but he has hooks with yeah. them. So all his songs have a hook and something that I that people are going to, like, say. Like, um, like who could I, who could I? But you're anti-hook or it just doesn't use? Do you nah, think it sounds crazy on drill songs? Nah, I, I like hooks. Like, um, I fuck with hooks, but it's like... In a drill song, we make like two minute songs. Yeah. You won't see a drill song really four minutes unless it's like five people on it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, we're just trying to get this disrespectful point across and that's it. Be done with the song. <laughs> right. You feel me? This hype, drill, disrespectful song. All right, now nah, I'm going to put it out. But when you do that though, like when you when you make a song like that, does it sometimes feel fake because you don't wake up and sit around thinking about who you have beef with every day? 
but then you get in the booth and it's kind of like oh this is like what i know i need to talk about yeah um i feel like i feel like i don't know i feel like um i feel like some people just like it really depends on how like you could think back about situations, but some people, they like to freestyle. So, like, right. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you start to think back about situations that you did something or allegedly did did so-and-so. Mm. So, it's like if you start doing that, I feel like you're trying to get arrested because you're just literally putting what you live, like, what happened into a song. But, like, different, like, is there's, there's ways to go around it. Like, you could do a metaphor. There's similes that you can do to, like, still get your point across but not literally say exactly what happened. Like, I was just driving to Vegas, and I listened to both of the King Vaughn albums back-to-back, -back, mm -hmm. and I was just thinking, like, he was basically, like, one of the greatest drill rappers of all time because, A, he was very good musically, and he really knew how to make songs, and he mm -hmm. had amazing beats and shit. But then, B, he really hated his ops mm -hmm. so much. You could tell that that was never going to leave his mind, yeah. that he was... And when you watch the documentary and stuff, you're like... This is a dude who really meant everything that he said and yeah. really like cared about that shit in a way that mm -hmm. a lot of other people don't. A lot of other drill rappers are just kind of saying whatever. And even he put hooks on his songs. True, yeah. I mean, I think an underrated thing with King Von is the fact that he had Chop Squad beats or DJ doing um like his shit. So he has crazy pianos and mm -hmm. shit. So his shit just never really sounded like generic as yeah, drill music, yeah, you know? It didn't, it didn't. Yeah. Definitely. So are you uh are you trying to like stop making music at a certain point or are you trying to balance the the streaming and the and the music? Yeah, I've been trying to balance it for right now until like, you know, I get like um fully like focused onto one thing, but I don't think I will just choose one thing to do. I kind of feel like I'm gonna still do both because I don't feel like I feel like if you don't blow up in one year, it doesn't mean you're a failure. No. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna But ever it's blow easy up. for it to feel like that when you're eighteen. You know, because yeah. you haven't been alive that long and it feels like you're watching other people's careers go crazy and shit. But I've been around long enough to see people where they come out and have a little wave and then their career stalls out for a year, two years, three years, whatever. And then all of a sudden they have a big fucking hit and their whole career just revamps itself. Like that yeah. is not that uncommon, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I feel like I don't want to personally just stop doing rap. Like I feel like my my like right now I'm at a stagnant pace. Like I don't feel like I'm going down or up. I feel like I'm at a stagnant pace. But um I'm just right now I'm working on like a little EP to put together to get back tapped in with my fans cuz I personally feel like I don't drop consistent enough mm -hmm. for me to like try to be for me to say like I right, bet I'm not really competing with their views and shit like that cuz I don't feel like I'm dropping enough songs mm -hmm. to say I right, bet I'm not doing as good because, like, I don't drop every week like I was. You feel me? I, I I take, like, two, three month breaks and just drop. Like, you feel me? I'm not, I'm not like, taking the steps that I was taking before to blow up now that I'm, like, doing multiple things because it's a little harder to juggle everything. But does it feel different making drill music when you're out in Texas and it's, like, you just you don't hear that? It's not the sound of Texas. You know, it's, like, you, you're hearing yeah, different so, music and you're so far away from the street shit that you had going on, the enemies uh -huh. that you got, whatever. It's got to be kind of different talking about somebody you don't like when they're on the total other side of the country, right? Yeah, so, like, I haven't even, I haven't even been to a Texas studio, to be honest. I still go to New York, hit the booth. Like, you know, that's what I've been doing in New York. Like, I'll go to the studio, things like that. Mm. But um, I met a couple um, Houston artists and stuff like that. I've listened to their type of music, and it's definitely way different than what I put out. 
So it definitely like something I have to tap into, but I wouldn't like completely switch my music and like do like chopped and screwed and stuff mm. like that. I wouldn't do that because I feel like then I would I'll be fucking myself up like trying to do too much. Right. Yeah. Because how often do you go back? Because I was just watching a video of you hanging out at like a basketball game in the Bronx. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm. Whenever I feel like I I want to go to New York, I go. But that's what's kind of bad about me. I feel like I feel like I move for no reason, kind of. You go back that often? <laughs> yeah. Really? Like I said, I haven't even been in in Houston a full month. Right. Like just sat down a full month. Yeah, because I mean, there's it, always something coming up. Yeah. If I w- if I needed to just move to like Texas and just get a house and just be posted up, I feel like I'd be able to deal with it pretty well because I'm old enough at this point that I'm like not trying to go out really mm-hmm. and shit like that. But from your perspective, when you're young. I mean, it's hard to get a, a young person to, like, sit down and just chill out. Like, they always want to go out and get into some shit and yeah, see what's like, going on, and you know? because I don't really know that many people in Texas. Right, yeah. me? And I'm not really trying to get, like, get to know people either because, like, you feel me? That's how backdoor shit happens. A lot of shit happens, you know, just trying to make friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's like I try to, like, hang out with certain people, but, like, I'm not just going to be going to different clubs because I don't know the scenery shit like that so mm-hmm. until i really get comfortable i don't really think i will be outside that much i'll just be focusing on like building a studio in the crib getting more music out shit like that right definitely so like how like strong am i craft how strong is the fan base with the streaming shit like how often do you go on stream and how like what do people always want you to do on there and everything so like honestly a lot of people like when i react to music like a lot of people like when i react to my ops music and shit like that because they want to see how i'm gonna react to it Mm. and i me personally i feel like i give a hundred percent honest opinions to everybody's song even if it's my man's even if it's somebody i don't like but like i won't continue a video like if it if they diss my dad friends Mm. but like other than that i feel like i give everybody a fair chance to like you feel me Cause I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm I'm sort of helping people like with their rap shit because like I got a whole live channel over a hundred thousand subscribers and shit mm-hmm. and people are like really watching these videos, so it's like I feel like I'm I help people a little bit also and help myself too because I'm getting a bigger fan base so it's like why not? Right. Yeah. Definitely. But I mean, is it so? So as soon as you hear them diss somebody that you were cool with, that 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 kind of kills it for you? Yeah, most of the time. Probably like nine, nine, ten, nine out of ten times. Yeah. Cause I was watching a funny ass clip of you. So you're playing GTA, uh-huh. and I don't know who tipped you off or who told you or whatever, but they basically told you that Didi Osama was playing at the same time. Oh uh-huh, yeah. And so you basically do a drive by on him in the game. Yeah. Bumping your own music. Uh huh. And I noticed also that you made sure that you weren't playing a song that was necessarily dissing his dead friends. Yeah. So you went out of your way to be a little bit respectful. Uh-huh. You might have been shooting at him in the game, but yeah. at least you weren't playing a song that would have instigated nah, that. Nah, yeah, like it's like like the beef like the beef is real, but I wouldn't say it's real. Like them niggas not coming to my block, like you feel me? Them like it's shit right. music. It's it's music problems, but I feel like it definitely gives the fans a different like. It definitely gives the fans like, oh shit, these kids, these niggas are playing together, like, right. like so, so, shit like that. Like, I wouldn't mind playing like, bro, we're in two different places. Like, I wouldn't mind being in the same server as my op 
or being in like the same lobby or in a Call of Duty match. Like I wouldn't mind that. It just shows like competitiveness, like mm-hmm. trying to like break the cycle. Like you feel me? Because it, eventually it's like, bro, I'm not gonna be 40 years old shooting at people. Right, but, but it is kind of weird too, though, because it's like in order to be a drill rapper you're supposed to not want to break the cycle, right? Because if you allow someone to diss your dead homies and don't do something about it, then you're going to be looked at a certain way, so right? It's, so it's a little different if, like, you're you're in person and you yeah. see them, okay? But, like, if we're both on the internet, we're both being respectful about it. Like, I go live with my ops all the time. And, like, if we're just talking music and talking different stats and shit like that, I don't mind being competitive. Mm. I don't mind giving the fans what they want to see. But, like... I won't chill with them in person if they've ever disrespected my dead friend or like things like that. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like certain things you can't take back, Mm. but you can do certain things to make the community better. Right. So it's like a lot of things that we can do to make it feel like a little, a little more unified and have everybody then have everybody like on like their tippy toes all the time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's a Chicago thing is just hopping on Instagram live with people that you're enemies with and just talking shit to each other or mm-hmm. whatever. Like we all seen King Vaughn do that and I, I seen you doing it. And yeah. I mean, then it's funny though, because being in a GTA uh, uh, world or whatever at the same time as a person is basically like being on FaceTime, but taking it to a totally different extent where you can yeah, cause it's like jump around and do whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They want to see our aim and shit like that. There's just, it's, it's just fun. I don't know. Right. I feel like, like I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a kid, but I'm a kid. Like right. I'm 18 years old, like, but I'm, I don't have a kid mindset. But I'm still a kid. I still want to have fun. I still want to enjoy my time on the earth. Like I still want to visit places. So it's like I'm not gonna be one. I'm not gonna be small minded because I'm a drill rapper. That's not what I'm gonna do. And I feel like sometimes it sets me back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's my life. You feel me? I can say what I want, but I'm still gonna do what I feel like I should do. Right. So you're in a relationship right now? Yeah. How's that going? I heard it was kind of toxic. <laughs> I don't really start digging into that, but <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Like, it's cool, man. Like, people go through things. You feel me? Like, my relationship—it's not as viral as yours. Mm, good but point. um, you feel me? Like, everybody—you know—everybody goes through things. So it's like, you know, I feel like it's toxic to some people, but it's not toxic to everybody. It's a girl you've been dating since. I mean, you're only 18, but you've been dating her for a while. Yeah. Okay, so the high school sweetheart, sweetheart type. Nah, thing. I ain't meet her in high school, but like, yeah, right. you could say that. Like, sixteen, I met her. And she is moved down to Texas with you at the same time, or is it nah, long nah. distance thing now? Nah, it's not long distance. Like, you know, she's welcome whenever she wants. You know, she still has business to handle in New York, things like that. So it's like okay, interesting. Um, why do you hate the sweepers? I don't hate them, but like, honestly, bro, like. Me personally, I feel like they came out of nowhere and started like like just name dropping to get to make a name for themselves. Mm. Like nobody was dissing the sweepers. Like last year, nobody knew who a sweeper was. Right. And it's like, how the fuck you come outside now? How how the fuck you come outside twenty twenty two and now like you're dissing my friends, you dissing everybody in the Bronx, everybody in Harlem, everybody in Brooklyn, and niggas don't know you. Mm-hmm. Like niggas never heard of y'all, so it's like I don't. Per- I personally don't hate them, but like when I listen to their music, like I don't know. I feel like I feel like they be offbeat. 
Mm. But I don't know. It just it just it just hasn't caught me yet. I don't know. Interesting. I, I don't know about the offbeat thing. I got to listen to it more to maybe analyze that. But okay, so you're saying that you feel like they kind of came out of nowhere and they knew that dissing people's ops or, or dissing their ops them, yeah. would make them blow up, yeah, but they first, maybe didn't have necessarily like the best reasons to yeah. be doing it. So like their first song that hit a million views is called Sev Side K. Right. Like, you just come, come on, right out and come just, on. just say that you're going to kill on, a whole like, project. Like, yeah, that's, that's insane to me. That's like, that's, that's like bottom line clout chasing. Mm. You feel me? That's, that's what it boils down to. I feel like, right. I feel like it's just like I right, I'm trying to do whatever I can to get out the hood. I know K Flock is lit. I'ma diss the niggas that he be with. I'ma diss the niggas that fuck with him. And that's how I'ma make a name for myself. Right. That is I mean, it's kinda clever if you think about it like that though, because they they're playing the game the way that the game is actually played. But I could definitely see it, you know, it's like you, there's been a bunch of times like that where you see people dissing even just the naughty thing. Like you mm -hmm. just saw a lot of people hop on that where mm -hmm. it's like then when you talk to other people, they're like why do you not respect that? They're like, they have no reason to be dissing naughty. Yeah. So okay. it just looks crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But did you have a relationship with him before he passed? Or? With naughty, no. Um, I didn't know. So like Didi Osama and naughty, they weren't really like outside as much as um, the Sugar Hill D-Dot kid. Like, right. I, I met him personally. Okay. Like an E-Dot baby, I met him personally. Right. But um, naughty and Didi, I didn't really... I don't I don't know how old they are, but I think they're like a little younger than me. Yeah, they're younger than you for sure. So they weren't really like outside. I don't they, to be honest, they're not even really from New York. Really? Where are they from? They they really from PA, but for me. We're not gonna really get into that. Yeah, what but what happened with you and Didi that you started dissing each other and that, that became a thing? So like he's just from that block. It was and, just that shit. Yeah, mm. for me. It wasn't like nothing personal because I don't know him from a hole in the wall. He don't know me from a hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. I know the people he was around, but he don't know me. I don't know him. Did you, When you saw the Naughty Bop blow up, how did that strike you? Do you think that was kind of corny or do you think that you, you were just fucking with it? No, I was jacking the song. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, it was a good song. Like, you feel right. me? Like, it was a good song. You feel me? Like, it wasn't like, I don't know. Right, I feel like it was a good song. It was a you dance. feel it was like catchy. You, you feel like you're kind of heartless that something like that doesn't really, uh, you know, like just just a dance about a young ass kid dying. It's like almost but like not, I, I would have so, a hard time even explaining this to a lot of people that I know. Okay, so you got to understand, he was 14 years old, but he was dissing people. Right. Yeah. So you got to understand, he chose this life before he even knew what life was. Mm. You feel me? Like he chose to be a a gangbanger. Before he even hit puberty, for right. real. Like, you feel me? It's like, it's like, and you you can't really be mad at others for dissing him when he was dissing people. Like, I didn't even know he dissed me before. Really? Because, like, I didn't know who the kid was. So it was like, I didn't know really of him until he passed away. And then his song started to get more traction. And, like, I, like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, the way, the way that side, like, People just started dying and people started going up. I don't know. I don't know if somebody came and gave him a paper. Yo, give two of your friends up and I got you. I don't. I don't know the backstory, but mm. like it was. It was really. It was really weird. Like you know, a lot of people passed away from that area and then like it blew them up at the same time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't. And I act feel like, like also because the death was tragic. Yeah. It was a tragic death. It was everywhere. Everyone's seen it. 
and then they and did the kid cap- beat it. Yeah, they capitalized off the situation and made a, uh, I think, letter to Naughty or something like that. Right. Right after he passed away, which was smart. Right. And you for me, it, it blew them up. Cause like, level. The, like the, I can't act like I'm better than it because there was a kid out here named uh, Block Boy, like uh-huh. not not Block Boy JB, but like a LA dude. And he was making skits, going to every different hood and just like famous ass corners, famous blocks, but pulling up, talking hella shit about dead people. There was like a, there was a, a somebody who had a walker from getting shot at one point. He goes there, he got a walker, he's talking all this shit, yada yada. And they they killed him in a fucking car, just like randomly they find him dead in a car. It's not like I, I don't got it in me to feel bad or whatever. Like I'm not gonna go on camera making a hell of jokes about it or anything, mm-hmm. but. You, it's like you asked for. You it. went out of your way to disrespect a lot of the most yeah. dangerous neighborhoods in LA, and then somebody popped you. This yeah. is this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah, you basically asked for it. Oh yeah, all right. So, <laughs> I kind of saw like a, a a wild moment where I, I saw your life flash before your eyes when mm-hmm. the homie pulled up with a paintball gun on the block and did a little, <laughs> little drive by and sent you running. And was there a moment in your head where you're like, oh fuck, I'm hearing a loud ass noise coming from a car? I might be getting shot right now. Not gonna lie, like I've I've experienced being shot at. So like I knew it wasn't bullets. Right. But like it caught me way off guard. Like I just feel like I just hear shit hitting the wall. Like and I'm on my phone. Like if you watch the video, I'm on my phone and my friends are like, we all was lacking. Like you could call that lacking. Like yeah. we should never all be in our phones and not paying attention. Like I think one of my mans peeped it, but like not all of us knew what was going on. But like Certain shit like that, like that's a that's a situation where something could go left because mm. you don't know. Like you see a Start car coming, back, roll, yeah. you see a car coming down, rolling the window down. You don't know what any of my friends was thinking. I might have been chill, but you don't know any person I was with, or even me. God forbid, shot back thinking, "Oh shit, somebody's shooting at me." So I feel like it was a cool joke. It was funny. But it was like a little like ah, you can't really. do That was that. like your good friend. Yeah, that was the barber. Oh, the barber okay. did that to me because he felt like you were taking too long to come to get your haircut. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, he mm. said I, I was late for my haircut, but he did it like two other times to some other people, and like he wasn't able to post it because they ended up like backing out, and it's like you gotta be careful because you don't know like everybody's not everybody's not cool with something you do to somebody else you feel me so yeah. it's like you gotta you gotta just play your cards right given how strict new york is i would definitely would not be trying to roll around with a paintball gun never mind actually be shooting at people on yeah the yeah of course not so actually somebody now that you bring that up somebody passed away doing that really in new york the person um, shooting the paintball gun yeah got shot by a cop oh like an off-duty cop shot him in his car like right he was shooting at he was shooting at the person like on the highway or some shit like that. Oh, on the highway, wow. Yeah, or driving by, and the guy like shot him. Guy killed them and went to work. He didn't wow. like he didn't know the guy was dead. He didn't even know he hit him, but he went to work. They got they booked him like a couple hours later. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like a little joke. You feel me? A little joke, something you were just trying to have fun, make a little video, maybe post on your Instagram, TikTok. Now you're now you're dead. Yeah. Do you feel like social media and like the clout war that we're in? Do you feel like that shit is kind of poisoning the youth? Do you see it all the time, like the way I do, where yeah. it just feels like everybody's basing their actions on what will go viral, and people are kind of losing track of even who they are as human beings. Yeah, I feel like I feel like drill rapping is kind of making like a lot of little kid. Like I feel like it's definitely fucking up the youth. Yeah. 
because like there's a lot of eight year olds, seven year olds making making songs on like band labs and um the phone, like mm-hmm. just rec- voice notes, recording themselves, dissing people that they don't even know who they are. Like, and it's like, bro, like I don't encourage anybody to do nothing like that. You feel me? Yeah, make you can make music, chase your dreams, but like don't live a lifestyle that you don't have to live. Mm. You feel me? And I feel like drill music definitely is affecting the youth in a negative way. Also, yeah, yeah, in a negative way. Also, sometimes positive, but I I feel like it definitely affects the youth in a negative way for sure. Right, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, there's, but that's kind of the problem too is that it's just a lot of the drill rappers, they just make the shit sound cool. They make it sound fucking amazing. And and that just is so tantalizing to people, you know? Yeah, like I've I've made a song that like, was about like the police and things like that, and people hated it. <laughs> like, right. like I made a song like talking about like I can't wear what I want because I'm black, and people hated it. Like mm. they were like, "Yo, why are you putting some shit like this out?" Like right. I was, I kind of was like, "Damn, I thought this would like help me a little bit." Like I, I tried to be on some little baby shit. I did the this bigger than black and white song. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was trying to do that, but it didn't go as it didn't go as well. It's funny though because even people who do put politics or like try to put a motivational message in their music, a lot of times it'll be like a couple bars out mm-hmm. of the whole song. Yeah. And they get credit from fans and shit as if they just put out the most political yeah. anthem. Yeah. And it's only a tiny, like that that little baby song you're talking about. It's not mm-hmm. like the whole song is just like yeah. nonstop talking about how bad the like cops are. I feel like it's the video shoot. Yeah, you're right. The video it, yeah, played into it a bunch me? too. I yeah. feel like that, but it's like, damn, like I'm trying to I'm trying to put a positive message out and y'all don't want it. Yeah. So it's like, what do I do? Like I just keep yelling I kill people yeah. or I try to focus up and try to better myself and the youth. But it's like, damn, my, my my rap career might take a toll. Yeah. So it's like that's why some people have to keep living up to this persona and try to put out these songs when they know they're not even doing anything in the streets. Yeah, it reminds me of the fact that I think it was Future on 56 Nights. He had the song March Madness, which had the line, all these cops shooting N-words tragic. Mm-hmm. And he chose, I believe this is a story, he chose not to put that on 56 Nights because he felt like that made it too political. And 56 Nights was supposed to be like a, a just purely like yeah. turn up, whatever. And like I'm like, that one line yeah. in the song, he felt kind of made it, it a bad fit for the project. And I'm like, that's wild that like the fans are so allergic to hearing any kind of like conversation about society and shit, yeah, you know? It's, it's, it's dumb, though. Yeah. It's, it's kind of wild. Um... Okay, so you know, Flocka wrote me a bunch of mixy ass questions, including what are your thoughts on Murder B and Bandman Real announcing that they're dating? Is that even <laughs> real? I didn't even know about that. <laughs> I think it is real. Like, I don't have no problem. You know, Murder's my son. Um, so she's such a dude in your mind that she's your son, not your daughter? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's just a New York term. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my son. Yeah. I'm just applying it to a woman is kind of nah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's we apply it to everybody. Like, yo, that's my nigga. That's my son. But, um, yeah, I fuck with her. Um, I fuck with Bandman's music. I don't think, like, it's Oppie. He's never, like, dissed anybody. He doesn't have any beef with us. Right. Like, you know, everybody should. So that maybe is a good idea for her to date somebody that's totally outside of the whole New York bullshit. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess that's a little but what is she gonna be a club drill rapper now shit you might have to ask her i have no idea i could see it happening um did your girl really leak a video of you eating her ass what is that true holy shit. flocka wrote it down i'm not saying it's true 
<laughs> that is not if what happened. If it's out there, I should find nah, it. Nah, right? nah, nah, I, I gotta see the content. <laughs> that is not what happened. What happened? But like, um, it was. It's an old relationship. Like, it's like an ex. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, it wasn't even. It's. It's not even nothing new. Like, long story short, um, I was kissing her back. She was like bent over the bed, and like her her cousin. He's weird. He like took the picture and like reposted it on his Snapchat, and like one of my ops seen it, and they reposted mm. it, and. Yeah, people made it a whole big thing. If your ops get their hands on a video or a photo of you doing anything that looks kind of sus, yeah, you, gonna, you're going to yeah. see it forever. Yeah, forever. Yeah. That's yeah, I was kind of mad at her too. Like, bro, tell your cousin, like, why the fuck would your cousin do some shit like that? That's a clout-chasing-ass cousin yeah, right there. What the fuck? dumb as fuck. Wow, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to do all these fucker questions. Some of the shit. It's, it's kind of like a list of everybody you don't get along with. I don't know if we need to really dive into that um but you and shy k used to be cool right yeah facts that was my boy how did that fall apart so quickly um they chose the side of people they don't even they're not even cool with anymore and mm. things like fell apart with us but um oh that's an awkward situation when you you have beef with somebody because of somebody that you were cool with and then, and then they you- get cool because that's what happened with drake and meek mill they got cool and then DJ Drama at a certain point is like, well, why the fuck do I have beef with Drake now mm-hmm. over Meek Mill when Drama's not even really getting along with Meek Mill like that? And meanwhile, Meek, Meek Mill and Drake are doing records together and yeah. shit. Yep. So it's like, that's what it was. Like, it was like a choice and they made that choice. But um, I feel like, uh, like, I feel like the the um, the um chemistry that all of us had, like um with like Cortland and Be Love and things like that, we would have definitely been way bigger if like... Mm everybody put their pride to the side and like did the right things yeah it's crazy i was thinking before when you were talking about just moving out to texas and everything it's like when you look at chicago everybody either like made it and moved to la or whatever to like really get their career going or atlanta or whatever or they just straight up left because at a certain point it's like well i'd rather live in vegas or arizona or or wherever than you know, be posted up somewhere where I have this much beef and it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you see that with who FBG Duck didn't leave. Yeah. And they killed him. Like, you know, like he's one of the one of the people who held out the longest when you yeah. consider that he had a real name from like 2011, 2012 on. And he stuck it out and yeah. eventually they got him. You know, it's like it's the, it's Not such yet. an obvious decision. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel like everybody should leave at one point in time. You get the right amount. You get the right amount of money. And you feel like you could maintain whatever the rent is, mortgage, you know, whatever you got to do. Mm. I feel like you should do it. Yeah, I support it for sure. So, okay, what do you have uh, coming up? Anything we need to know about that you got in the works? Um, I played it or drop it an EP, hopefully August 1st. Uh, that'll be like my second EP I'm dropping. You know, I did one with the label, and then this will be my first independent EP. Okay. Um. That's really it. Like, um, more streams to come. I'm dropping a video with Flight Reacts. This interview will probably be out after. Okay. How, yeah. How'd you end up setting that, that game up anyway? Honestly, I just hit him up. Like, I used to watch him when I was younger. So, like, it was like, oh, let's see if he answers me. And I hit him up. He's pretty cool dude. He answered. He was he was down for it. That's dope. Yeah. He linked up into the gym. How often do you uh, stream? Honestly, I took a big break. So, like, honestly, because, like, I didn't have the right things. Like, I needed sub badges, emotes, things like that. So, like, I started, um, I just started back up, like, last two days I've been streaming, like, kind kind of a little heavier. Because, like, I like, I play GTA RP a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like playing when I stream. Right. So, like, if I don't, if I'm not, 
if I'm not in the GTRP, I probably won't stream. Right. So. And so you always are in the same world or whatever in that, yeah, or do you go ten? Okay. So yeah. you, you don't go to like all the different. Nah, I really haven't really tapped in with any other street, um, with any other um, like servers or anything like that. Only really D10. Um, that's like the most like New York based. I feel like the most like you feel me. And so, are they limited? Like, is there only a certain number of people that could be in each different uh thing? Yeah, they are facts. It okay. is a great source of income. It's great. Great. How do you just from donations and shit or? Yeah, so like most of the servers, like most of the servers people make, you have to pay to get in. Right. Okay. So like certain certain servers, like D10, for example, you have to pay to get in faster. So like you pay for just to get in the server, and then you have to pay if you want to be like le- number one to get in number two, shit like that. Okay. Because it's like a big ass queue. But do you guys look at T Grizzly as like basically one of the goats of that shit? Because he has apparently, like you've seen it in the media and stuff, that he makes a shitload of money off of his server and everything. Yeah, I seen that. Um, I've never played his server. I really want to, cause like that's how I kind of started like learning about GTRP, uh-huh. Grizzly World. But um, yeah, I ain't gonna lie, that's. That's something I would consider doing, making a server. If you can make a lit one and, like, sure. really be the one who's, like, in charge of that yeah. shit, it makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I've seen a few people trying to make it happen on there, and I'm sort of wondering about it. But yeah. I know myself personally. I don't got any, I don't have any energy left to be fucking streaming a couple more hours out the week. <laughs> I'm just too fucking, I got too much shit going on. Nah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, how many more days are you out here? Shit, I'm leaving tonight. Okay. Yeah. What are you eating while you're out here? I know honestly, you're, a, you're a food guy. Yeah, honestly, I kind of wanted to try some TikTok shit, but I don't even think I have enough time. I kind of got to catch my flight. Mm, you're going to do some basic-ass TikTok shit and just... Like a truck, little food truck. Yeah, or, or hit, hit like an In-N-Out, because that's what everybody wants to hit, see a New Yorker's take on In-N-Out, because that's okay. our most famous burger chain. That's crazy. My man's out there told me he was going to take me to In-N-Out. Yeah, it's always interesting to see what people think from out of town. I love it personally, but yeah, I've never tried it. You got to get an animal style though, otherwise you're kind of missing the point. It's just like a crazy sauce they put on it. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll try I get it, it on the burger, not the fries. Yeah, I'll do a little vlog on that. That that would work. That would make sense to me for sure. All right, so everybody tap in with a new project when it drops. Turn my boy up on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that, and uh, I guess follow you on social media. Oh, and also, I, I seen the fact that you tweeted about spending $5 on my girl's OnlyFans and then realizing <laughs> that the video wasn't actually out yet. Yeah, definitely. I definitely did. I definitely did subscribe, not going to lie. I did, and I was kind of disappointed because I was like, oh, all this hype, and it's not even out yet. It, well, today is Tuesday. It drops on Thursday, so you got about 48 hours till it's available. I bet. Yeah, and, and trust me, no problems here. This is what we do. So I, I, I'm I'm awaiting your reaction to the tape. I bet. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Sea Blue, appreciate you, dog. Much right, love. Man. Thanks for coming through. Right. Same to you. Thanks for having me. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, etc. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support.